Thank you, Maurice. Thank you to the worship team. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but I've really just uh, been blessed by Maurice's playing here the last few weeks. Just a great job, yeah. Today we're in Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there with me. Matthew 2, starting verse 13, going only to 15 today. And so uh, short passage, short sermon. And uh, listen, just a few housekeeping things. We are... uh, we're not doing a, an evening candlelight service. This is the only one that we are, are doing today. We made this decision a few months ago, and I've regretted it ever since. And so just to let you know, this is the last time we're going to not have a Christmas Eve evening service, but uh, we, we're not this today. And so, uh, but our office will be closed here this week, and uh, I'll be out of town on Tuesday, going to Saturday. I'll be back on Sunday, but uh, Lord willing. Ryan Mallon, our, our youth uh, director, he's going to be preaching his very first sermon next Sunday. Yeah. He's, uh, listen, he, he's gifted at, at preaching and, uh, and he preaches to the youth on a regular basis on Wednesday nights. And I go back there and I'll listen to him for five minutes and just does a phenomenal job. So though this is his first time on a Sunday morning, it's not his first time ever really doing it. And so I'm excited for him and excited for you. And, uh, and so I'm excited to see what God's going to do in this young man's life. Just see God's giftedness in him and, and in his wife, Megan. And just we're blessed to have him. I think you all know that by now. So uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. Let's read this text together. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death, so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be, might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for your love and kindness and generosity and the many blessings that you've given to us, Lord. We just, we thank you for just the many elements of worship that we've experienced here this morning, for the songs that have been sung, the the words that have been read and prayers that have been lifted up, the gifts that have been given, the baptisms, Lord, the testimony that we see through that. And now, Lord, as we're here at your word, I pray that you would speak to us in a mighty way that you would allow for us to hear a message from you. Lord, I recognize that I have a part in this. And so, Lord, if you would, forgive me my sin and cleanse me of the unrighteousness that is in my life and give me the grace that is needed to preach your word in a way to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, I, I recognize that in a room such as this, there may be somebody here today, maybe more than one, that have never accepted Christ as their Savior and Lord never made that profession of faith, never followed Jesus into the baptismal waters, never experienced what it means to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, a day where they admit that they are a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and confess Christ as Savior and Lord of life. If that were to happen today, Lord, we would give you all the honor, all the glory. We know that that's something I can't do for them, but only that you can. 
And so, Lord, if you would speak to them, penetrate their heart this morning and allow for them to see who they are in relationship to you. Allow for them today to experience what it means to be a child of God. Lord, for the believer that's here that may be struggling or going through hardship, or maybe this is their first time in a church in a long time, I pray that today would be a time of renewal in their relationship with you. I pray that they would experience their cup full of your Holy Spirit today. Lord Jesus, we love you and pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Today is the, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, it's our, our week of love and uh, God loves you, friends. The Bible teaches us that God loves you over and over and over again. We see the love of God throughout Scripture. And the Bible says in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and so that anyone who believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the type of love that God has for you. It's sacrificial. It's unconditional. No matter the condition, no matter who you are right now, God loves you, friends. Amen? God loves you. If you hear nothing else today, I want you to know that. I want you to, to leave here with the knowledge and the understanding that God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for your sins. Jesus loves you. God loves you. In 1946, actor Jimmy Stewart stars as George Bailey in the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. If you haven't seen it, it's a Christmas must in the Burns home. And if you want to end up on the naughty list, you will watch this movie in color. It's a black and white only movie in my home, okay? <laughs> my wife, she wants to watch it. In I'm like, no, that's not how you watch this movie, okay? From an early age, George Bailey, Jimmy Stewart, the character that Jimmy plays, George Bailey, wants to leave Bedford Falls. He wants to explore, he wants to travel, he wants to see the world, but never gets the chance to leave his town. It's trumped by responsibility multiple times throughout his life. On the night when before he was to, to, to travel for the summer before he goes to college, the night before his father dies. A few months fast forward, he's about to go to college and the, the building and loan, his father's company, appoints him to be the president of the company. If he doesn't take it, they're going to close. So he stays. When he gets married to his wife, Mary, uh, they are in the car to go to their honeymoon and there's a, a run on the bank. And instead of traveling, instead of going to the Caribbean, instead of going on a honeymoon, they use their $2,000 that they received at their wedding to cover the cost to keep the bank open. As all of George's friends and family are going to war to serve their country, George has to stay home because when he was a young boy, he saved his brother from drowning and as a result, lost hearing in his ear. And so he couldn't go to war. He wanted to become rich, he wanted to become famous, not really maybe famous, but he wanted to become powerful, influential. He wanted to leave Bedford Falls. And as he watched his family and his friends do that, he remained home, stayed home. He was trumped by the responsibility of life. 
The climax of the movie starts when his uncle Billy lost $8,000 of the bank's money the day the, bank, the day that the bank examiner is coming to examine their records. Bailey breaks, he snaps. It's the piece of straw that breaks the camel's back, you know. And he wants to end it all. He can take everything else. I mean, he can take the, the staying at home, watching his brother win the Congressional Medal of Honor. He can watch his best friend become a millionaire. He can watch all of those things. But the idea of shame and scandal, bankruptcy, going to jail, just was the last straw for Bailey. And he breaks. When I watch this fictional story of George Bailey, I can't help to think of the true story of Joseph. Joseph was engaged to his own Mary. And I don't know what his dreams were. The Bible doesn't tell us what Joseph wanted to be. But I can't imagine that what we see in this book was Joseph's plan for his life. You know, I just can't imagine that that was what Joseph wanted. In verse 13, an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream. The first time an angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream, he just found out that his fiance was, in, was pregnant with a child that wasn't his. And he was going to leave her quietly, but the angel of the Lord said what? Stop. Don't do this. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Listen to what the angel tells Joseph to do this time in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Arise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. This is the first time that we are told of Herod's plan. Uh, the wise men were quick to understand, quick to see the malicious intent of Herod. And, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us that, that these wise men privied Joseph and Mary to this conversation, to what, their intent. But we can just assume that when they were there, that, probably, that conversation probably was brought up, right? That, hey, there's a guy, the, the guy that's the Romans king of the Jews, like he's, he's not good. He's has, he has evil intent. And maybe you ought to stay away from him, right? And they did. I mean, the, the wise men didn't go back and report to, to Herod what they saw with Joseph and Mary and this, this baby Jesus. They left town. Here in verse 13, Joseph is explicitly told by an angel of Herod's plan to kill baby Jesus. When I was in high school, I had a a friend of mine, him and his girlfriend, they got, they got pregnant. You know, we all know these stories of, and um, small town, and for nine months, it was the talk of town, you know. Once that baby came, no one really cared about that. They just loved that little baby boy. And, um, but my friend, he had every chance to leave. You know, there was every opportunity to leave his girlfriend. But he didn't. He owned up to his mistake. He stayed true to her and to that baby. It's been 20-some years, and he's still right beside him. I, uh, I, 
can't help but to think if Joseph wanted out of this situation, here's his chance. If Joseph wanted out of this situation, wasn't his plan, wasn't what he intended for his life. But if he wanted out, I mean, here, the king of the Jews, Romans appointed king of the Jews, is coming after him. It's coming after this baby that wasn't his. And so if Joseph wanted out, here's the chance he had. Maybe not a better chance, a better opportunity to hit brick. Sometimes God's plan for you, friends, and your plans aren't the same. We think that we have it all figured out, and we think we know what we're going to do, and we think we have everything just, I mean, we've got a plan. We want a suitcase this big. And the reality is, is that God has something else in store for us. It's certainly the case in Joseph's life, certainly the case in my life, and I'm sure it's the case in yours, that God's plans are different than your plans. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, let me just rephrase that, friends, always. It's always better. God's plan for you is always better than your plan for you. And you might think, hey, I got this all figured out. I've got it all figured out. But then God interrupts. He says, hold on just a minute. Joseph heard the angel's instructions and listen to what he does. Verse 14, he rose and took the child and his mother by night and then they departed to Egypt. Notice that this doesn't say Joseph, he prayed about it. He heard the angel and he just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pray about this for a little bit. Let me just make sure this is what God, make sure. Notice that it says Joseph heard the angels and he, he talked to his in-laws because the in-laws always have the right answer, you know. Notice that it says, you know what, Joseph heard the angel speaking and talked to his buddies. He consulted his friends. It doesn't say any of those things. It doesn't say actually that he, he slept on it even. It says what? He rose and took the child by night. Took Jesus and Mary. At that moment, he got out of that bed, got up and left immediate obedience instant obedience as Bonhoeffer would say that's what's required of us friends when God calls us and speaks to us and, and summons us to faithfulness it's not you know what let me think about this just for a moment it's I love you I have a plan for your life and it's now the, seize that moment now don't wait on it now, <laughs> the text says in verse 15 that they remained in Egypt until the death of Herod. This was to fill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, and out of Egypt I called my son. Herod was not a good man, friends. Caesar Augustus said, I would rather be Herod's pig than his son. Herod had 10 wives, okay? And, and he was jealous. I mean, he died a, a miserable death. And you can Google it. Don't do it now, please. But you can see. I mean, he neither at dinner table, okay? Just letting you know. But, like, he, he died. He, he knew he was going to die. 
And so like five days before his death, he killed his son, his favorite two sons, actually. And he had a history of killing his children. He had a history of killing the Jews. He had a history. And here they got, this is the king of the Jews. He was an evil man. Actually, he ordered that when he, the day that he died, that influential Jews would be killed on that day as well so that the Jews wouldn't celebrate on his death, but rather they would mourn. That's the type of guy he was. And when he died, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus would return. If you need to see the opposite of what God's love is, look at the life of Herod. Selfish, mean, malicious. I mean, and if you want to look at love, look at the story of Joseph. I mean, takes a lot of character and a lot of conviction to be Joseph in this story. In three verses, we see three different times that Jesus is not Joseph's son. Verse 13 and 14, we see the text says, take the child and his mother to Egypt. The angel doesn't say, hey, take your son and wife. It says, take the baby and his mother. And then in verse 15, if there's any doubt, what does it say? Out of Egypt, I called my son. They're fulfilling prophecy, God's prophecy. This is my son. Take my son. They stayed in Egypt until Herod died. Albert, Bond, Albert Barnes says that the same level of love that God had for Moses and the Israelites when they delivered him, they delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians is the same level of love that brought Jesus out of Egypt as well. John 1, 29, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus Christ is the perfect example of God. He is God's love, friends. God loves you. If I could go back to George Bailey, an angel came to George and gave him a glimpse of what his life, of what his family, his friends, his community would be like if actually George hadn't been born. And he just showed a picture, a glimpse. Friends, I, there's a lot of different ways we could go with that. <laughs> there's a lot of application to that story. I mean, but just imagine for a second, if, if we didn't have Christ in our life, Imagine for a second if, if God wasn't a God of love. 
if, if Jesus wasn't born in that manger, if Jesus didn't die on that cross, imagine what your life would be like. Imagine the person that you would be. For some of you, that's not really hard to imagine because that's who you are. You're living a life without Jesus Christ at the center. And some of you have, have lived a, that life for quite a long time, and some of you are pretending that you are and you're really not. And friends, I, I, I'm not the Holy Spirit, and I don't know who you are. I'd love to be able to get to know you. Listen, we have church next Sunday. I would love for you to come back. But the reality is, is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God sent him to this earth so that you might experience the love of God. And friends, if you're not here, if you're here today and you've never experienced that love, I want to encourage you, plead with you, beg with you. I'm praying that you will. That you will admit that you are a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confess him as your Savior and Lord. And if you do that, then you will experience God's love in a way that you never have before. And friends, let me tell you, you won't regret it. I can't promise you that you're going to have a wonderful life. Sometimes God's plan for us is hard. It's difficult. It's not what we want. But it's good. It's worth it. Father God, we love you so much. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather here today. I pray, Lord, that you would allow for us today to see what you see when you look at us. Allow for us to look inwardly at our life and to examine ourselves in the same way that you do to know who we are in relationship with you. Father, I pray that if there's someone here today that has never accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, that has never experienced the love of God, I pray that today would be that day. And Lord, for the believer that's here that may be struggling or going through hard times or difficulty, I pray that today would be a day where they just experience that love again like it was on the first time. And Father, I pray that you would just empower us right now to be faithful to the call that you have in our life. Whatever that may be, however you're speaking to us today, I pray, Lord, that you would move and work in a mighty way today. Lord Jesus, we love you and pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen.